Hello, and welcome to another DBSA podcast. That stands for Dear Bitches, Smart Authors. And I'm Sarah from SmartBitchesTrashyBooks.com. Usually with me is Jane Litt from Dear Author, but she's traveling, and I have piles of voicemail to answer, so today it's me solo. Recently, we asked you to dial into our fancy schmancy Google Voice number to tell us what you're reading. So I thought I would take a look at the inbox, see what voicemails came in, answer them, and invite you to leave me more. If you'd like to call in and leave a message, let us know what you think of the podcast or just generally rant and rave about something, because that's awesome. The number is 1201-371-DBSA. That's 1201-371-3272. That is a New Jersey, USA number. So if you're calling from places far, far away, you know, money will apply. So don't rant too long, but long enough that you're awesome. And now let's move on to the voicemail. This is Laza from Washington, D.C., and I love the podcast, and I do have a question for you guys. Um, I've only been reading romance for a few years now, and I'm just starting to read category romances, and I'm not very familiar with them or with um, the authors, and I would love some recommendations for someone who's sort of new to category, whether it's for a particular author or particular books or a particular line. Um, so that would be great. My local used bookstore has a ton of old category romances for 50 cents each. So I'm hoping to get into that and hopefully with your help. Okay. First, I've listened to this message several times and I'm pretty sure that you said your name was Ilana, but it could be Eliza or Eliza. I, whatever your name is. Hi. Thank you for calling. Um, Poor Jane is going to be really irate that she missed a chance to answer this question because Jane is much more broadly aware of what's in the category romances than I am. However, we both like some of the same authors. The trick to answering your question is to identify, do you like historical? Do you like contemporary? If you like contemporary, do you like sweet small town contemporary? Do you like city set urban edgy contemporary? Do you like contemporary with a lot of sex in it? Do you like historicals that are inspirational or do you like historicals that are mysteries? There's pretty much something for every taste within the Harlequin line. So let's start with my favorite authors. If I was going to introduce anyone to category romance, I would suggest Sarah Morgan, Sarah Mayberry, Karina Bliss, Bronwyn Perry, and I know that Jane loves Caitlin Cruz, who writes very angsty romances, and I know that Jane has a special love for Susan Napier, who writes very subversive, sort of sneakily interesting category romances. I have also liked Kathleen O'Reilly's books. If you're talking about shopping at a used bookstore, you're going to have some amazing selection in front of you. Writers like Kathleen Gillis Seidel and Ruth Wind wrote amazing categories that you can still find in used bookstores. And then there are the biggest names that started in category romance, like Nora Roberts and Jennifer Cruzy and Linda Howard. If you can find some of their older books, they're amazing. One of my favorite old categories is by Elizabeth Lowell. It's a book called Fever that was originally released as part of the Silhouette Desire line. That is about a rancher who's very wealthy and a woman who is living out on his land as part of a science experiment, keeping track of some specific plants. And she's lived all over the world in very rustic, very uninhabited places and has very little modern social skills not that she's completely inept, but that she doesn't have a concept of time. She doesn't wear a watch. And her interactions with him are just, I guess, just, just read it. It's awesome. <laughs> just take my word for it. I just, I got, yeah, 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 it's that good. 
I emailed Jane, and I hope she didn't reply while she was driving. She also recommends Anne McAllister and Michelle Reed in Harlequin Presents, and particularly a book called The Bellini Bride, if you can find it. She also seconds my nominations of awesomeness for Sarah Mayberry and Karina Bliss. She recommends Joe Lee and Jill Shalvis in the Harlequin Blaze line and Lisa Ruff in the Harlequin American Romance line, although she cautions that sometimes Miss Ruff gets terrible covers, and also Ellen Hartman, which I feel really dumb because Ellen Hartman's books kick butt, and I can't believe I forgot to mention her. So there, have more names. I hope that you'll let us know what you get on your shopping trip because it sounds like you're going to have a really good time. So it's Brianna from Southern California with beautiful weather here. And calling in to let you guys know that I am reading Mocking Jane by Suzanne Collins. Wow. I know Jane read all three of them and thought they were amazing. And I knew that I would not like them because, as you know, if you listen to the podcast, one of my major squick lines that will immediately yank me out of a book is kids in peril or kids getting harmed. And that's kind of the whole basis for the Hunger Games. So I knew this wasn't a series for me. And I wish that I would be able to read it without being so upset by it. But I know my own limitations and I know what I'm going to enjoy. And unfortunately, I know that that's not going to be a book that I love. But I know that so many people have told me that not only is the construction of the writing very strong, but the story is haunting. Yet another reason I probably wouldn't like it. And it stays with you after you read it. So I'm always curious about people who are reading the first or second or third of those books right now, especially with the movie out. Last week, I did go to Costco. Five different people that I saw with their carts coming out of the Costco purchased the Hunger Games at Costco. It's really reached a level of ubiquity that I'd never seen it in so many shopping carts. And of course, the Costco book section is getting smaller and smaller. It's Nora Roberts, Robin Carr, James Patterson, and the Hunger Games. I did, of course, check for Fifty Shades of Grey, but I didn't see it. I am betting the next time I go back, it'll be there. The fact that The Hunger Games has reached such saturation makes me happy, even though I knew I couldn't enjoy it. So I hope that you liked Mockingjay, and I hope it rocked your world and that you went on to watch the movies and enjoy them too. Calling from Kennedy Square, Pennsylvania. I have a New York accent because I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I am currently reading Patricia Briggs' newest book, Fair Game, part of the Alpha and Omega series. It's terrific. I inhaled it. I read it in one day, which is terrible because I have to go back and reread the damn thing so I can figure out what I read because I literally inhaled it. She's very good. She builds a great world. And, uh, hey, you know, I've been reading for too many years, dear. And this gal has is my go-to. As soon as she comes out, I'm on her, and uh, I like it a lot. Hello, person from Pennsylvania who grew up in Brooklyn but didn't tell me your name. I am so with you. Patricia Briggs is just evil. I keep her books permanently on just about every reading device I own because if I'm feeling crappy, I go back and I read the beginning of the Alpha and Omega series. And if I only read a few pages, I'm going to read 300. She is such a go-to for me as well. And I know that if I read Fair Game, I'm going to inhale it. I'm actually saving it for a flight so that I can enjoy it without interruption unless I'm in the aisle and someone has to get up and pee and I have to stand up. 
I know that like you, I want as many uninterrupted hours to read that book because I know that I'm going to inhale it. Isn't it amazing when you have an author like that where you sit down and you think, this is going to be so good, and then it is and you're not disappointed? I love that feeling. I love knowing that there is an author whose books are just going to make me plain, straight, happy. And I'm going to want to read nothing but that book for a number of uninterrupted hours. The problem, of course, is finding those uninterrupted hours where I can read the book. Hi, this is Elizabeth in Connecticut, and I just finished listening to an old favorite science fiction book um, by C.J. Cherry, Citine, which has me now reading the epic Regenesis, the much later produced sequel. Not too sure if there's going to be much romance in this one, but I'm always hopeful. But she sure writes a good book. I confess I am not much of a science fiction reader, so I looked up this book. This is Cytine, and the author is C.J. Cherry. That's cherry, like the fruit, with an H on the end. And this book won the 1989 Hugo Award. It's about a young scientist who comes to power but knows, according to the Library Journal Review, that her predecessor and genetic duplicate died at the hands of her one of her trusted advisors. So I'm going to guess there's not a lot of romance, but that sounds amazing and also sounds very similar to a lot of the young adult novels that are being published now where there's a single individual struggling through power and, and you know, schemes. The reviews for this book are so good, I'm almost tempted to read it. One thing I love about romance readers is that so many times people assume that all they read is one book over and over or the same type of book over and over because, you know, romance, it's all the same, except that it's not. And so many romance readers that I know are also huge science fiction and fantasy readers. Makes me wonder if one of the next lists that we should generate are all of the science fiction and fantasy books that are most appeal to romance readers. I think one thing that genre fiction readers have in common is that they like good stories that make them feel strong emotions, whether that's fear or attraction or joy or puzzlement. We like strong stories with strong characters and interesting plots that make us feel strong emotions. Hi, this is Maven, the one and only. I'm calling up with my book suggestion. I'm currently reading Cancer on $5 a Day, Chemo Not Included by Robert Schimmel. Like many things in life, I'm a day late and a dollar short. I discovered the humor of Robert Schimmel via YouTube videos. Once I exhausted all available videos, I decided to check out the book he wrote regarding his face-off with stage 3 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma which helped uh, him better understand himself. Throughout his experiences, humor remained intact, and he refused to let those around him lose theirs. The book is equal parts poignant and equal parts laugh-out-loud hilarious. Uh, case in point, when Schimmel's got a mouthful of sores midway through his chemo treatments and his oncologist advises him no anal to oral contact, Schimmel's resultant riffing on how Doctor deduced incorrectly that uh, Schimmel was an ass eater is nothing short of hilarious. I couldn't help but notice a parallel between Schimmel's drive to survive the cancer and that line of dialogue from Shawshank Redemption that Tim uh, Robbins' character uh, says, either get busy living or get busy dying. 
This is a great, life-affirming, and enjoyable read if one can say such a thing about a memoir regarding cancer. I highly recommend it. Next up on my to-be-read pile is Moby Duck, the true story of 28,800 bath toys lost at sea, and of the beachcombers, oceanographers, environmentalists, and fools, including the author who went in search of them, by Donovan Hohen. Okay, Maven, if I'm ever looking for nonfiction recommendations, I'm calling you. I'm calling you immediately. I might call you every day because now I want to buy both of those books. How do you discover these books? They're so interesting. I had no idea these existed, but that's something I want to read. I, aside from the part where I write nonfiction, I love nonfiction, especially the history of odd things. But humorous memoirs, I've forgotten how much I enjoyed them. And I've already started reading the sample of Cancer on $5 a Day, Chemo Not Included, and think I'm going to have to read the whole thing just because of your awesome review. Thank you so much for that. I suppose it's only fair to talk about what I am reading. I just finished reading two books. One is Once a Hero by Jillian Burns. This book is about an army doctor named Luke who is suffering from post-traumatic stress after working in the emergency room in Afghanistan on an army base. And I think it's army. And the heroine is a cancer survivor who is after an award-winning photograph. And they're both in Hawaii for a temporary amount of time. He's there for about three months. She's there for a couple more months. So they decide to have a fling. The wonderful thing about the book that I thought was well done was that the hero's misery was genuine. He had real serious psychological problems and really great orgasms were not going to fix them. And I had a lot of respect for the fact that one good orgasm was not going to cure months and months of psychological trauma. But on the other hand, he is a complete dick to the heroine sometimes and is incredibly cruel in the ways that he would be very kind and, and gentle and courtly even sometimes. And then in the next scene, he'd be a complete jackass. Like, no, you don't want to be with me. I'm a mess. Go away. I don't want you anywhere near me. And he was, I think, mostly afraid of himself and of his own problems and didn't want to have her involved with him at all. And the way in which they work it out is very satisfying from a sense of realism, but it didn't do much for me as a reader because I never got to see them being happy. I never got to see them being together when things are better. And I never got to see the course of the improvements for him and the resolution for her. So much of the book takes place because he decides to act differently, whether or not he chooses to be an ass munch or whether or not he's choosing to make himself better. But I don't get to see the results of that and how he's going to change his behavior to the heroine. And I was left thinking that he was still going to be a mercurial buttnoid. So I didn't like it as much as I had wanted to, but I'm really glad that I read it because the person who recommended it to me is right. The hero's really quite damaged and magic orgasms don't cure him. And that I completely appreciated. I just wish the heroine hadn't been so understanding every time he was a complete jackal. Hi, Sarah. This is Kira Soliere calling. I am currently reading The Saint by Monica McCarty. It's a um, Highlander Scottish novel um, set in the early 14th century. It features Robert the Bruce and um, his elite um, Highland guard that um, Monica set up. And this is book number five, I believe, in the series. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun reading the series. Um, 
she does a good job with the characters and um, just the history around Robert the Bruce and all the political shenanigans. Hey, Kira. How cool that you called. Thank you. I confess I have not been as much into any sort of Scottish um, historical romance. However, the book description, which usually the author has nothing to do with, reads as follows for the saint. Robert the Bruce consolidates lands and loyalty in a bold war for Scotland's independence as his elite team of warriors, the Highland Guard, fight for king, country, and love. That's so excellent. <laughs> the excerpt, though, is really quite enticing because it doesn't feature any dialect, which tends to drive me bonkers. So great. This podcast is going to make me quite broke. So we have a guest joining us who is my mother-in-law, Charlene. Okay. So what are you reading? I am reading Peony in Love by Lisa C. Are you reading it or listening to it? I'm listening to it in the car. Did you listen to it on the way down here? I did. How much, how far did you get? Like a couple of chapters? I got probably three quarters of the way through a disc. <laughs> well, that's probably good for about an hour and 15. So um, how do you like it so far? I like it. It's, I liked it better in the beginning. It's getting a little weird. Um, in the beginning, it was about real life. Now it's about um, Peony after she dies and her spirit dividing in three and sort of like what the afterlife is in China. If you're <laughs> the fractional. Chinese view of the afterlife. So you go into your you're a fractional self in yes. the afterlife in China. Yes, and your soul can split into three splits into three things. Cool. I'm not quite sure exactly where they go. One is like the spirit of the dead, one is something to do with reincarnation. And I'm not, I don't remember what the other one was exactly. So you read her earlier book? I read, um, Shanghai, I, know, I read Shanghai Girls, which was, I don't know if that was her first book, but I read it before this one. It was just the same author. So I liked that one, so I figured I would try this one. So did you listen to that one or did you read that I one? I actually listened to that one. So you listen more than you read now? I do. So who are your favorite authors to listen to? I listen to Nora Roberts a lot. I've read, listened to a lot of her books. I've listened to Jodi Picoult. Uh-huh. I just tried, um, oh, Barbara Dolinsky. I've, actually, this was the third book of hers, I think, that I listened to. Um, and this is all library for Yes, right? yes. So you gravitate towards known authors on audiobook. Do you have a particular audiobook narrator that you like? Do you notice who's reading, or do you just listen to the story? I do, no I do notice the voices. Uh -huh. I do notice that there's a difference, and there are some I like better but I don't pay attention to the names of the people reading them. So I could not tell you who, who I are. like better. So do you listen like when you're going to the grocery store and when you're going to Target and then when you're going somewhere else or do you save your audiobooks for longer trips like the hour? No, so I'll listen on the way to the supermarket for five minutes. And you don't lose your minutes. place in the story? No. I totally do. I, that's why I can't do audiobooks because I would be like, I would be so like getting the but, car like, ooh, ooh, But what? every once in a while, I don't want to quite get out of the car <laughs> so, because... <laughs> So you sit in the driveway. I actually don't. This is a family I, malady because nobody gets out of the car quickly in this family, most notably the well, men. Everybody arrives and then sits in the car for 20 minutes. Right. At least I, you have a reason you're listening right, to a book. But I actually don't because I feel like, what am I going to sit in the car and just listen to this book? I figure I sort of try to wait for the end of a thought. And then you stop? Then, yeah. 
thought originally that I would not like audiobooks. Yeah. Because I thought I would get distracted because my mind wanders a lot. Yeah. You know, driving. Right. But somehow I got into it. I like them when I'm doing a long trip because I don't notice that I'm bored. I'm not bored because something is entertaining me. Right. If I can't listen to an audiobook, then I'll turn on someone talking or telling a story rather than music because the music bores me too quickly. But someone telling me a longer story, I can listen for much longer. Oh, so I like audiobooks on long trips. I couldn't do it like down to the grocery store. Yeah, I do. Sometimes, you know, now that I go back and forth to school, so every morning I'm in the car for like back and forth through like 20, 25 minutes. That's a good So story. that's good. That's good. So that's good. But I will actually, but I will listen to it for those like short spurts in and out of the car. It's a way I get to, it's a way I get to read because I don't sit and read in the house a lot. Well, you don't sit a lot. That's true. You don't sit down very often. I used to, often. when I was taking the train and commuting, I did a lot more book reading. Then you had nothing reading. to show. You have to sit. Right. Up. Um, what audiobook would you recommend for people who haven't tried an audiobook? Which, what, what's one audiobook that you've read that you really, really liked? Well, I'll tell you the first one I read as an audiobook, and I must have really liked it because they kept me going on audiobooks, and it was Water for Chocolate. Really? Apparently our children are doing construction on the second floor. <laughs> what, um, like Water for Chocolate? In English. I had to read it in Spanish. Yes. I don't I think I've actually read that in English. Right, no, Water for Elephants? Oh, Water for Elephants. Water for Elephants. Very different from Water for Chocolate. Water for Elephants. Water, water for Elephants is different from Water for yes, Chocolate. Yes, it's Water for Elephants. And you liked it? Yeah. Did you see the movie? No, I didn't see the movie. You'll have to see the movie and tell me if it's the I same also as the liked audiobook. The Help. On the audiobook? Yes, and I did not see that, and I made sure to read it. I didn't want to see the movie before I read it, so but you, I actually wound up not seeing the movie. So you haven't seen the movie, but you've read the book? Yes. For both of those? Yes. Cool. And, oh, I liked one of Jody Picot's books. I can't remember the title of it, but it was the one where the, the child was autistic. And there's a big twist at the end that you don't see coming? Always. There's always one of those. Always. <laughs> always. 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 Yes, Jody, her books always have. There's always, I like to think, a little bit of a moral or contemporary issue. Some yes. kind of modern issue. Yes. That she, that she has in there. Well, cool. Thank you. So that's it for this sort of reader response podcast. Thank you to everyone who called in. If you'd like to give us feedback, you can also leave us a message at 201-371-DBSA. That's 201-371-3272. Or you can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you could just lean out your window and yell really loudly and this microphone's pretty sensitive it'll probably pick it up the music this week as usual is provided by sassy outwater this is caravan palace from the album of the same name and this track is called bamboos i hope you enjoyed this week's podcast i really enjoyed it because i love hearing what other people are reading and i hope that if you're reading something cool you'll call and tell us about it as usual, on behalf of Jane and myself, we wish you the very best of reading. Bye.